It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, and we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Hey, what's going on, everyone? What's going on? Welcome. Welcome to Mic'd Up. This is Mika, live in studio. Yeah. So, um... I'm really happy to be back live in the studio. I have a great uh, show today. I'm going to have a special guest call in um, via Zoom. Uh, let me just first step st- start off from the top. This is 96.3 FM on radio. We're broadcasting live uh, each week as we do. Well, when I'm in studio, we broadcast live from work uh, workshop located at 1503 King Street. Uh, yeah, this is your weekly hour of activist radio. The past two weeks, I've pre-recorded shows. Uh, it's the holidays, so you know things are a little bit different. So I wanted to make sure I got you quality content, even if I couldn't be here with you live in the studio. Uh, and a lot is going on. As we often talk about, um, there's a lot going on politically. There's a lot going on um here locally politically and so this is my time to kind of speak to those issues um and also center the voices of those who I feel um may get left out of the discussion so uh today what I did was um I extended an, an invitation to an activist who I admire an activist um that uh, that I followed and that's Angela Peoples and the reason why I chose to um extend an invitation to Angela Peoples is because, um, hey, and she's, <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, Angela, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm seeing she's checking in early, um, ooh, let me make sure I go back, go back, let me see, hold on one second, oh, here we go, record, I'm recording our, I'm going to record our conversation uh, when we start, um, when we start our interview, but yeah, I, I want to extend an invitation to Angela Peoples. Uh, she's an activist who I really admire, and I wanted to have her talk about her work with Black Women Four. Black Women Four is an amazing group that centers the voices or, or amplifies, uh, just reaches and identifies women, um, Black women, uh, and that's women with an X, uh, femmes, non-males, non-binary folk. And I wanted to bring her in and just have that conversation. So. Um, I am going to, I don't know if she's ready, because uh, I kind of came on a little early. Are you, th- can you hear me, Angela? I can hear you, yes. Okay. So, thank you. I know I said 410, um, but. You- I'm a little early as well. So. No, that's cool. I wanted to just start it because I'm live on the radio, and, um, and I'm going to switch the video too so you can see my face. Let me see. There we go. <laughs> okay yeah so um this is uh again this is uh on radio 96.3 fm charleston and my guest for today is angela peoples angela could you introduce yourself and your in your pronouns yes absolutely hey y'all um my name is angela i use she her pronouns um i am calling from my home um in washington dc uh and i'm really really happy to be um on here i'm a big I'm admirer of your work and everything that you do, Tamika, and um, I'm just very hype um, and excited to talk with you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm excited as well, and um, I think what I wanted to do um, is because this area is is uh, this South Carolina and of course Charleston is a huge focal point 
politically right now. We're an early primary state. And so we've got a lot of attention uh, that we're getting. And what I wanted to do was first just introduce people to the work you do, and then I'm going to tie it into Black Women 4. Um, as you know, Elizabeth Warren, um, who Black Women 4 has endorsed, will be in town uh, this weekend um, on a number of events here in Charleston. But before we get into all that, just tell people more about your work and just who you are and, and what you, you've done. Absolutely. So um, I'm an organizer. That is probably the best way to describe me and what I do. Um, but what my 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 work um, is really around um, shifting balances of power, disrupting um, the, the the status quo as it as it is and as it pertains to our political and social structures. Um, I'm from a small town in Michigan, Ypsilanti um, is the name of my town. Shout out to anybody who's familiar with that area. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I've been, um, I was born and raised there and my parents who are in education, they they, they really taught me and my, my siblings that, you know, educate, that yes, there are all of the isms, you know, racism, sexism and all of that. Um, but an education was getting a good education is the thing that can really change your stars and really um, be the great equalizer for many folks. And that idea really grounded my work as an advocate for um, a, a pretty long time. I started, um, I got my start as a student organizer um, when I was um, in, in, in college at Western Michigan University trying to protect affirmative action. That was one of my very first campaigns. Wow. Um, and, you know, I did education work, education access work. I even got an opportunity to um, help fight for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to actually have a say in how private student loans and how student loans in general were, were marketed. Um, and then I got a chance to work for the CAPB for a few years. So a lot of my grounding was in education and access. Um, and, and then, and then, you know, I had an experience that many, uh, many black folks had in the summer of 2014, uh, as you know, Michael Brown was killed. There was also the, um, verdict announcement of the acquittal of, of George Zimmerman. Um, there was a string of, of LGBTQ, particularly trans youth that committed suicide, um, in, in the South, um, over that year. And, and what I really saw was just like. So many of my the people that I, I know and that I care about, both in the streets fighting for their lives and their bodies, but I also had a moment of really reckoning that, you know, particularly in the case of Mike Brown, he he graduated high school, he was going to go to college um, against all odds, right? And they still left him in the street to to die, and that that experience and the uprising um, and just really recognizing that we had to stop moving things around on this table that was always set up to harm us, to, to starve us, to oppress us. Um, and that we really needed to just flip some table over and, um, and, and set it in a way that is for us. And so that's what I've been doing ever since then. Um, I had a chance to lead an LGBTQ um, uh, direct action and organizing group called Get Equal for a few years. Um, I did a lot of engagement with folks in the movement for Black Lives and um, in fighting for the rights of undocumented LGBTQ folks. 
um, and also in challenging corporations that play a heavy role in our economy and in our society, but also profit and claim really to be, you know, advocates for LGBTQ folks and advocates for equality while at the same time profiting from banks, I'm saying profiting from um, uh, institutions like private prisons and the deportation machine and denying us access to the healthcare that we need. Um, and so I, I, that's a long way to say that I'm a, I'm a disruptor and I'm an organizer. Um, I feel really deeply in the power of um, direct action to disrupt and to tell stories in ways that reach people beyond, you know, kind of where, how we are traditionally thought about how we're supposed to engage um, in political and social change work. No, I, I can personally appreciate the lengthy explanation. I think it helps. It helps add context. And I think for, again, um, you know, the South is sometimes people turn their nose up at the South, but this is literally the birthplace of so many, so much social change and disruption. And um, the blueprint was written in the South in terms of civil rights at the very least. Um, and, and also a lot of in women were instrumental in terms of being bold visionaries as well. Um, Absolutely. And I say that because that explanation helped. To me, I, I hope that the work that you and other groups of your ilk, um, it, it can remind us of that tradition that we come from um, because it's not new. So I appreciate that. So sounds like you, you're, the work you've, de you've done with the CFPB when I first met you via phone call, you mentioned that as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, so th is that, and I'm going to kind of zigzag a little <coughs> bit, but is that where you became acquainted with the work of Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, I would say that was my very first kind of uh, introduction into Senator Warren as a, a, a thought leader, as an advocate, um, as someone who was really understanding of these, had a, a real understanding of these pretty complex issues, mm -hmm. but also in a way that they affect people's lives on a day to day. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I really got to know, so I was a student advocate when after the financial crisis and after, you know, this bill or right actually during the financial crisis mm -hmm. and as they were working on the Dodd-Frank bill to um, reform the financial industry and to deal with the crisis um, and Senator Warren was just there like front and center talking all of the, you know, talking all the talk and like making it clear to folks um, what, what, not just what what had happened and who was at fault, but what it would actually take to prevent, to, uh, to address the harm and also to prevent it from happening in the future. Mm. Um, and it was just, you know, I, I, I had a conversation with someone earlier this week who, you know, was asking about um, uh, how, uh, why, why do I think that Senator Warren could do something like pass Medicare for all? Um, which is going to be very, very hard. Um, and my response is because I've seen her do it. You know, I, I've seen her take an idea that was a bold, transformative, big structural change-like idea that uh, many people said was impossible, that many people said wasn't going to happen, that many people said was like, you're, you're reaching, you know, that the political will is saying it's not going to happen. And get it passed, fight to keep it, keep the teeth in it, right? Because there were all of these efforts to chip away at Dodd-Frank and to chip away at the CFPB, 
before it even got off the ground to make it even less powerful. And Senator Warren was like, absolutely not. Like it has to be structured this way. Otherwise we're just gonna allow the banks to keep doing what they did. And so to see her pitch an idea, get it passed through Congress, um, a very divided Congress, by the way, at the time in 2010, and then to watch her lead the agency to be in its formation, even as the Republicans were like, she can't be the leader. We're never going to confirm her. Tell her to get out of town. This thing, like they were literally saying to President Obama, if you want the CFPB to be a thing, you need to kick Elizabeth Warren to the curb. <laughs> they were for real saying like she should not be a part of the conversation if you want this to pass. And she stayed. She was steadfast. She fought for it. And the CFPB did exactly what he said it was going to do, which I feel like I, you know, I've been doing policy and advocacy work for a long time. That rarely happens, unfortunately. It's rare. It's so rare that an idea goes from, you know, being, you know, pie in the sky to passing to implementation to actually getting people money back that the banks stole from them. Actually stopping banks from doing harmful things, actually being that cop on the beat that they said it would be. And so to me, my, my experience at the CFPB, um, I had a chance, the Senator and I, our time only overlapped very briefly, um, but I could feel her presence and her leadership in the culture of the organization being a very effective place to work, being a very like um, dynamic and innovative, but focused and steadfast on our mission place to work. Right. She refers to it as her baby. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure her DNA, her hand, her fingerprints are all over that. That uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So so now I'm going to back it up because I was a little bit of an irresponsible host. Uh, but so how again, how you and I became acquainted was I knew you were trying to build coalitions or help uh, coalitions that existed kind of uh, organize. Um, and, you know, maybe establish a presence in certain areas and identify certain leaders. So I, I, you started to talk about like Black Women Four. Can you tell me what is Black Women Four? Uh, I guess aside from the endorsement part, like, yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah, yeah, totally. So Black Women Four is an organizing collective and a community space. Um, we, uh, myself, and um, nine, I think, other um, really amazing Black women movement leaders. Um, were in communication and in community with each other and were, were came together mostly asking this question around who is organizing black women around the primary and also recognizing that we have been not just us as the individuals but black women black gender non-conforming people black femmes we have been at the forefront of the social movements that led us to this very progressive primary. We laid the foundation for uh, candidates to be running that are talking about um, abolishing ICE. You know, we led the effort that laid us, that brought us to a place where folks are talking about the murders of black trans women in their speeches and naming, Mm -hmm. you know, what needs to be done around policing and incarceration. where we're talking about expanding um, access to healthcare to Medicare for all, right? So we laid this foundation and our thought was like, well, if we're, if black women led us here, then we should probably have a say in who's gonna lead the coalition to beat Trump and to 
fight the the for the future our children deserve right um and so we we decided to um and also a lot of us were like are you have you heard this what senator warren is talking about like she's kind of right this is interesting no, seriously seriously that's independent of any other person anything i've read her platform just kept continued to jump out and oh, for those listening um live again this is 96.3 fm on radio i'm your host mika gadsden this is uh this is mic'd up and i'm here with my guest angela peoples um and we're just talking about black women four and and we're going to get to the whole endorsement piece right now but but um, uh, I know I've said on this mic many times, I, I really don't, I don't plan on endorsing. But um, when both, two things happened, um, I became very, acquaint, very familiar with the Warren campaign um, via some relationships here. Um, I'm, I'm instrumental behind the management behind uh, a friend, Benny Starr, a local rap artist and activist who has, who has recently also endorsed um, Senator Warren. And it was through that process specifically where I said, oh, no, I, I got to be a part of this. Um, her platform and her people, particularly her black people, the black women leading, uh, having leadership positions on her campaign. Shout out Maya Slaughter, who, who's been just um, so instrumental in just getting me information. Um, also, shout out to Shauna, uh, just amazing black women. But, um, you know, her platform just jumped out to me and I just felt like I had to throw my support. So I joined Black Women For. And so how was the, yeah, so so many of the other women, they kind or or, you know, uh, they kind of felt the same way about Warren and, and wanted to kind of pleasure support or how did that look? Well, it what really, what really happened even before we were like, okay, we want to pledge our support for her mm. again, as organizers, w- we understand that we're more powerful together as a collective mm-hmm. um, than if, you know, when we come out on our own. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we also thought it it was necessary to hear from our community, Mm -hmm. right? To hear with folks that we're in organizing with that we wanted to be building power with. Well, can I say Um, this too? Can I say this about the community? That's the one reason why I endorsed, I I joined your group. Um, I felt safer. I felt like it was the best, for me, it was the best way to to engage in, in this conversation because I know that a lot of black women, whenever they express their views, political or otherwise, it tends to, it becomes it becomes a very uh, vicious i don't know whatever but it just becomes really difficult yeah we get attacked it, yeah, absolutely <laughs> we get yeah. attacked we get attacked for everything we have to always defend our positions um and so that's that was the one of one of the most appealing things about that but i didn't mean to interrupt you but yeah um no, yeah okay. yeah yeah keep going about how you guys came to your decision um so we 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 did we did a series of listening sessions right because we wanted to be with folks right mm-hmm. what is it because also I think it's important to recognize that this is not, we're, we're not a pack, we're not a political party. We're literally just a bunch of organizers that understand our own power. And we're like, we should just try to flex it and see what, what happens, you know? Um, and that, that the, even just like taking that step to, to organize folks to see, see where the temperature is, you know, like I would, I might be feeling Warren, other folks might be feeling warm, but where are our people? Where is our community? Mm-hmm. Would it even make sense for us to come together and do something collectively? Mm-hmm. Um, we did 14 meetups around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, did um, a few meetups online, mm-hmm. digitally, you know, gathering um, space online. Um, and we did an online survey. We got over 500 self-identified progressive Black women and GNC folks. Um, and they... <clears throat> the overwhelming support 
very early on, but throughout the process, was for Senator Warren. Mm -hmm. um, people love her plans. People trust her. People like that she's willing to listen. Mm -hmm. um, she came out really early on, mm -hmm. spitting fire, like, I'm listening. I want to hear you. I want to mm -hmm. hear you. Even before I even thought about organizing Black Women for her, I had a chance to sit down with her um, in uh, Washington, D.C., just yeah. among with other um, Black women um, um, advocate and, and political folks. Um, and so, you know, she started her campaign listening to folks, listening to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, that reality was reflected mm -hmm. um, in people's experiences with her and with the campaign and their desire to continue to be engaged, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, and so after we, you know, had had all of these events, had done this survey, had so much support, or, or sort of, I think probably in between, halfway through kind of getting with, done with the events, um, and after seeing so much support for Senator Warren, we reached out to her team mm. and said, listen, we are with where this community, a lot of folks are feeling you, um, but we have some things to ask. You know, we have some concerns before we may, may go to a place of even thinking about, you know, going to endorse. Mm -hmm. um, and we asked her several things. Um, and I'll share a little bit about what those demands are mm -hmm. um, in just a minute, but we asked her to make some commitments to us and, and she did um, with, with, without hesitation, mm -hmm. really. And um, that was also pretty refreshing for me just to see that she was willing to meet us where we were at um, and, and to, to be there on our terms. Right. Um, and so after that, you know, we decided that it made sense that there was a, there was both desire, there was a, a lot of support, but there was also a need for people to have a vehicle or a space or a place to express that support. Um, like you were saying earlier, so many of us, when we express our political views online or in our intimate communities, we get attacked, we get shamed, we get yelled at, um, and, and it just, or it just doesn't feel good, it feels lonely. Um, and so many folks, you know, in our survey, we asked them, what would it take for you to come out for your candidate that you support? And people's like, if I could do it in a community, I would. I definitely would. And I think that um, that that was a signal to us that there was an opportunity here to create some space for folks to step into their own kind of political power. And so that was what brought us to the place of um, soliciting that the first 100 list of names of women of which you were one mm. that was um, endorsing Senator Warren. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm very um, enthusiastic. I was very impressed, even though it's not about the names and not about the celebrity or like the high profile of the women and um, non males involved. But um, I will say that um, a lot of the pe a lot of people like to reduce the group to, to blue checks. And I'm like, <coughs> these these people are, are these folks are way more than blue checks. Um, uh, the work that you you've done, um, the work that I mean, Leslie Mack. Um, I can go on and I don't even want to do all the, the shout outs, but um, everyone deserves <laughs> the shout outs. But just yeah, shout out Leslie Matt. Yes, yeah, she's definitely been a lifesaver for me personally and an inspiration more than anything. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just amazing to see uh, so many women that I've admired over the years. Jessica Bird is another one. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, seeing you all come. Let me ask you about that uh, that iconic day not too long ago in Georgia. Um, yeah, because that was kind of like the big. Um, like not uh, that yeah the big like hey uh, America this is the clique that is organizing <laughs> Black women tell me about that that whole how that came to be in Georgia yeah and, and what that speech was for those who don't know yeah so um two weeks ago mm -hmm. wow it, yeah uh, this, it was crazy this two weeks ago 
Um, Senator, after the debate in Atlanta, the fifth debate was in Atlanta, mm -hmm. the 20th. And on the 21st, Senator Warren gave a, what I really feel like is a historic one of like, you know, one of a kind speech mm -hmm. um, about race and about black women um, and about our role um, in really leading this country as in, in work and in organizing. Um, and, 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 you know, she had a line at the end that really talked about how she has been called a persister, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's, you know, something that she appreciates and celebrates, but that black women were the or are the original persisters, mm -hmm. right? And in, in, in all of the ways um, that, that we all, you know, kind of think and, and understand. Um, and so the, the, you know, I think that the, I honestly can't remember exactly like where the brain, the idea came from. I know that the campaign was talking about really wanting to make a speech and making mm -hmm. this point clear um, um, about, you know, making the, the case to black women for a Warren presidency. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And after our endorsement announcement, you know, we had a chance to go to Boston to her campaign headquarters and to meet with the Senator and her staff. Um, we got to have lunch with the black staff and then we, they brought up this event and, you know, we talked about, you know, wanting them wanting, you know, wanting us to be there, wanting us to be a part of it. We really encourage them, you know, like let's recruit as many people as possible. Let's bring in some buses if we can from of black folks from surrounding areas. Let's, you know, focus on students. Let's, um, and then also, you know, um, let's be mindful of what organizers and activists and leaders in Atlanta and in Georgia need. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, making sure that they're connected with different folks from that, you know, local community. Um, but I think it was just a really, really, you know, Ayanna Presley was there as well. Mm -hmm. Now she's come out and endorsed Senator Warren. Mm -hmm. It was such a beautiful um, moment. One of our steering committee members, Carmen, uh, or DJ Carmen San Diego, mm -hmm. uh, was the DJ oh. and the vibes were so high. It was very, <laughs> you know, it was like super fun, but also very, um, like impactful and energizing, right? There was a lot of a sense of, of you know, we can do this work. We can do this very important work of, of fighting for our democracy and fighting for our country and also be really proud to be black or really proud to be political and be really proud to be in space with each other. Right. Um, and so myself and the um, a, a good number of our steering committee members were there and we got to um, you know, speak and talk about why Black Women Four um, exists, and 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 why we put out our you know Black Women for Warren group, um, and also invite people in, invite people to join us um, and to be down, um, and and it, it was great. And then Senator Warren came out and, and gave a great speech, um, and there were some there was some some protests, some folks from right. that were pro charter schools right. were there. Right. Um, I don't know if you were wanting to speak directly to that piece. No, I, I mean, I didn't want to, only if you felt comfortable with it. Um, I, I, not because I don't want to disclose anything. I just really wanted to focus on the work. And the, um, so what I do here in Charleston is really challenge the way, especially our Democratic establishment. I don't identify as a Democrat, but they've largely kept black women leadership out of the whole strategy and uh, operative game. And so I yeah. think this, for the sake of this conversation, I wanted yeah. to keep it to how you positioned yourself and your group and, and those with the same, um, you know, those who, who move in the same direction as you, how do we ha not so much copy and paste what black women for has done, because I don't think that's impossible, but 
how can other women, black people, kind of make a similar gesture, say, hey, no, we de- we we deserve to be at this table. So I was more yeah. more interested in terms of like, yeah, how you guys became such leaders in this, and and even okay, so you mentioned the headquarters visit. That's the other video that's on the current YouTube page, I believe. Yep. Um, right, because you don't have the braids in that one. So, so, <laughs> so tell me about that, look, because that's what I'm talking about. You actually facilitating these yeah. conversations yeah. with with a, a, a Democratic primary candidate. How did that come about, too? Well, I think that the the, the meeting um, came about, you know, as a both as a, as we were planning this endorsement and this announcement. We really wanted to make sure that we were walking the talk, right? And so, you know, to your point, a lot of a lot of when we made our announcement, the the, the splash was really big on digital, mm-hmm. you know, on social media and mm-hmm. things. And so people were like, "Oh, is this just a social media thing? Are you all gonna?" And we anticipated that, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. not new mm-hmm. to this game, right? Mm-hmm. We know how people like to dismiss Black women mm-hmm. in our work, right. um, and so you know, we we were prepared. And we actually wanted to make sure that we had a chance to be, have some FaceTime with the Senator shortly after our announcement and let our folks know that we were engage- in direct engagement with her and in, with her campaign, not just to make, to help her win the nomination, mm-hmm. but um, to also continue to hold her accountable in the moment, on the campaign trail and throughout. Or and you know when when she's president. Um, okay, let me ask you. Think, let me ask you a quick question. Have yeah. you have you ever in your political or your advocacy life have you ever seen anything like that where someone was so willing to be held accountable? To black, I really to haven't. Women? I really have not. And I would even say that I think it's important for progressives, people on the left, to really think about and consider the lessons from President Obama. You know, President Obama is great for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. disclaimer, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And also he he was not, mm-hmm. um, for, for as much as he claimed to be a community yeah. organizer or from community organizing backgrounds, mm-hmm. he was not really feeling us. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, not, and if you remember, like Ferguson happened under his watch, mm-hmm. right? Occupy Wall Street app happened under his watch. Mm-hmm. And he was not a leader that, um, saw the value of movements and organizing and people power movements, even holding him accountable. Right, especially um, women. I, I didn't mean to interject again, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think immediately to Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw and, yep. and uh, oh, I can't remember the, um, I believe she used to run the, I can't remember the other woman, but the woman that helped him, uh, helped that administration fight voter suppression. Um, you know, th- those women held them to, to held them accountable and wanted yeah. more and demanded more, like a Supreme Court pick for Black women. Um, and uh, so, so now seeing that the seeing the senator model the type of accountability and, and being willing to listen, um, I think that the, I've just never seen it, especially not close up. I've never seen it. I've never seen it, and I think that it, I think that there's also something to recognize and to be willing to name which is that this is new Mm -hmm. to us this this type of relationship to leadership to political folks is new we're we're trying this out Mm -hmm. um early and often Mm -hmm. you know accountability right Right. and i think that it's fair to say that it, it it may not always look the way that we thought it would or that we're we may have to will struggle. This will be a struggle. You know what I mean? And one of the things that we said in our endorsement statement, which everyone that has endorsed her both 
before you know we announced and, and ever since i think we're at like 320 mm-hmm. now closer maybe to 350 mm-hmm. um but it, in that statement it says that um our endorsement is not an endorsement of everything that senator warren has done right, right. Before this day or everything that she will do afterwards, this is our endorsement that she is the leader that we want to work with, to lead with, to push for the change that we want to see. And I think that I I take her very deeply at her word that she's willing, that she's entering in to this relationship earnestly and in very, very good faith, as are we. Um, And I, I, I would also just say to your question about, you know, how can folks do this? How can folks be in this kind of similar relationship? I would say that I don't, I don't know that there's a recipe, but one thing that I I can, I name as like a very um, critical aspect of our work and our success is, is that we knew that no, certainly not the democratic party, but also no can no one candidate could, was going to be able to organize us and to organize organize us in a way that built our power for the long term, right? Built the power of Black women and gender non-conforming folks and non-men, right? We're trying to build our political power, right? And flex our political power. No one party, no one candidate was going to do that. There, no one's going to create that space for us. So we had to do that on our own. And I think, but but we did that in a way that was very clear about what our power was or what our power is. Um, and I think that, you know, we underestimate the importance of our own individual voice. You know, one of the things that I know is true is that the Black women that are willing to say who they're supporting now are also the Black women that are going to make sure that their community votes, no matter who they're voting right, for. Right. We're the ones that make sure people have the plan. We're the ones that make sure people have transportation. We're the ones that are coordinating the food. We're the ones that I got you and your family. I'll take care of you. Make sure you can go vote. You can come vote with me. Don't worry about, you know what I'm saying? We're the ones that make that happen. And so not only is our model rooted in knowing our own power and being really unapologetic about that, but it's also then relying, knowing where our power comes from, which is us and our community and our collectivity, right? right? Many of the people that are on that list mm-hmm. probably have, they have huge followings mm-hmm. online. We have writers, we have authors, mm-hmm. people who run organizations, people who, you know, comedians, people in entertainment across the board, right? Mm-hmm. Each of those individuals most certainly has the power and the influence to, you know, mm-hmm. say who they want to endorse on their own. But when we come together, there is so much more power, so much more energy, so much more that can happen for the long term and in those immediate moments. Right. Right. I think you're right. I think identifying where your power is and maybe the power of the collective, leveraging that that power, that strength is important as well. Um, That's what I really urge people here in Charleston to not um, to not forfeit their power. Um, and if they're going to align with a, either a party or with the candidate, they, they do so on their own terms um, so they don't forfeit all power. So, uh, the, yeah, go ahead. I would just add the other thing is we can, you know, mm-hmm. you should do it because you can. Mm-hmm. You can engage with a party in ways that are cool with you that they're like, well, that's not. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I vote here. 
I got time. I'm going to show up and I don't want to support these issues. So I'm not going to, but I support this. So this is where I'm aligning on. And I think that so much of what white supremacy tells us about our engagement is that we have to fall into their lines and to meet their standards and to meet their rules. No, not at all. Right. We get to decide what, how, what, what political power is. We get to decide what progressive means. And we don't need anybody else to tell us what that is or how we should vote or whether or not we got it wrong. We're clear. We're good. So in the South, and you know this, because um, I know you do work in the South. In the South, at one of the uh, recent um, roundtables that I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited to in Columbia, South Carolina, a very um, it was a room full of just amazing um, black women from all, I guess, all sides of the left, if that makes any sense. Um, <laughs> but But there are a lot of conservatives and moderates here. And one question arose from the room, which was, um, and if, you know, it's something that you, you hear on media, so it sounds like a, like a right-wing talking point a little bit. I, I'm not trying to dismiss the, the young lady, but she asked um, Elizabeth Warren about what, what should she do, what should she tell folks who feel as if the, the, um, that she's going too far to the left. What do you, so what, how do we communicate to uh, black folk here, like my mama, who's a Biden supporter, like many, you know, many older black women down here, how do we have a conversation with them about not being so fearful of, like you said, of not settling for just moderate positions? Yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack there. Mm. One, I think, is that <laughs> black voters are pragmatic voters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we've had to be. We had to be, right. Right? right. Um, and so part of what I think this, this notion of, you know, Elizabeth Warren being too far to the left is to me, I hear when I hear folks say that they mean I support those issues, mm -hmm. but or I support her policies on Medicare for all and canceling student debt, etc. But those other voters in middle of nowhere, Michigan, I can say that because that's where I'm from, or, you know, Ohio or you know, the quote unquote middle America, working Americans, mm -hmm. right? They, 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 you can talk about all of the, how, how we got there, but there is this notion that we should base our vote on what these other people will think. Elizabeth Warren is too left for these other folks. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would just say that, you know, we, <laughs> there's all, I would say that it's really important for black folks to exercise our right to vote, mm -hmm. our own vote, mm -hmm. right? And I and I think that, you know, and we can get into all of the challenges about, you know, sort of the two-party system in the U.S. and it would be great mm -hmm. if we could actually mm -hmm. have a more proportionate mm -hmm. distribution of our votes. Um, I'm very much in favor of that. However, I think that because, you know, it's like this, zero-sum game right you either win or you lose right. um people really feel like they have to be moderate in order to win right. um but i i feel very strongly that the policies that we support that would make our lives better are the policies that senator warren is putting forward and she's the best candidate to get them done right. so i wouldn't i as a as a you know i'm a radical pragmatist that's what i call myself i made that up whatever <laughs> i'm a radical pragmatist and so if I really thought that I, I wouldn't support a candidate that I didn't think could make these things happen. I would not because I, that, that's just not how I, that's not how my, my, my politics is set up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. I support these very radical ideas, but I'm not 
I'm not, they're actually not radical. I, I support a lot of ideas that many folks have been deemed as radical, but I also know that we need to, we need solutions. We need to, you know, improve our people's lives now. And I really feel like Senator Warren can do that. And if we organize to support her to win, then we will also be organized to support her to get the things that we need done passed, to get that two cents tech so we can cancel student debt and pay for childcare and all of the other things that she talks about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. I think that that helps me kind of frame certain discussions instead of fussing with my folk. <laughs> I'm going to try to explain, like the two cent tax to me is so simple to like, get yeah. I, i'm tired of just like how are you gonna pay two cents <laughs> but, i mean and also how do we how we pay for right. the wealth the right. the 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 right. tax cuts that just happened right right and i, I, would, That's I would say That's we we have a re we put together a short resource um for specifically for people who are talking to their family around the mm -hmm. holidays right. about supporting joe biden or um mostly around why they shouldn't support joe biden I have to tell you, there are a lot of great candidates running. Mm. There are a lot of candidates mm. that are making really strong pitches for mm. black voters. Mm. Joe Biden is not one mm. of them. He is mm. not making a pitch <laughs> for black voters. He's not really making a pitch for anybody. Mm -mm. He's just resting on his um, name recognition mm. because he was cool with President Obama, mm. or so he tells us. But I really think that, you know, we should focus on the candidates that are actually making a case for you not saying don't vote for all those other people they're not gonna be able to do any of those things yeah. just vote for me because you know me right no right or, or ch ch challenging people to push-ups and uh anyway let me not go into there i also want to say and i'll say this um at when i when we say goodbye but also these are our views uh these do not reflect i have to say this angela but this does not reflect the radio station or my employer um, these are these views are my own, and I'm I'm speaking uh, as an advocate or as an activist rather uh, here in Charleston. Um, but I I do believe that the the senator is the the most uh, the best equipped candidate in the race. Before we say bye, I would love to like you. Uh, we recently talked about Warren questioning, or just where anyone can get more information about Black women for uh, even yeah. and even merch. Where can people find that in the like last five minutes that I have with you? Oh, yeah. we're we're okay. still working on the merch. Uh, okay, we, we have I, it. I want I want a hoodie. I need something. I'm a, I got you. I got you. We have some shirts. We're still working on getting them yeah. on our website, so okay. folks can get them online. Okay. We'll try to maybe we'll have that for a holiday <laughs> situation. Um, but but in general, folks can find us on all social media platforms at Black Women Four. That's women with an X, not an E. Mm -hmm. And if I could just say quickly, we 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 use that X. Mm -hmm. um, not because we think that the using X instead of an E is all inclusive of all experiences across the gender spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, as a cis person, I would never assume or name that I, that that would be something that I could designate. Mm -hmm. um, but we did want we, it was important that um, folks who are gender nonconforming, non-binary, mm -hmm. or just don't identify with the women label, mm -hmm. that if they felt like this is a community that they identified with, that they wanted to be with, we didn't want the E to be exclusionary, right. if you know what I'm right. saying. Absolutely. And, and, and so we use that X to really be as an invitation for folks who see themselves in this um, space to know that it is a space for them. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so Black Women 4 with an X, not an E, on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and I, I, I want to just thank you 
Mika, for everything that you're oh, doing. No, thank you. I, I, I think that you're amazing and outstanding. And I know that it's not hard. I know that it's very difficult to be, um, you know, a disruptor in the South, in, you know, a democratic establishment right. in the South. Um, and so I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I and I, I want you to know that we're going to be down there soon. Yes. So thank you. Everybody that's listening, come kick it with us. Yeah, we're going to try to just really broaden this reach so we can get as many people as possible. I'm, I'm going to work with some some really dope individuals. Thank you so much, friend. I really appreciate this. You accommodated this request and I, I you don't know how much it means to me. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> all right. I'm going to end the meeting and end the meeting for all. Yeah. This is mic'd up on OM. This is 96.3 FM on radio broadcasting live from workshop uh, here at 1503 King Street. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden, and you just heard my conversation, my interview with Angela Peoples. Uh, she's one of the leaders with, part of the steering committee of uh, Black Women For, for with an, excuse me, Women With an X, uh, a group that, uh, a progressive group of black femmes and non-men um, that are just trying to, to create their own table, forget a seat at the table, no, we're creating our own table and we're inviting those running for office to come sit at our table. Um, so I was I was uh, proud to be uh, listed as one of the women uh, in the original uh, 100 women for uh, that has since grown to over 300 women uh, for. Uh, and also, of course, they've uh, most uh, notably come out in support and endorsed uh, a, a Senator Elizabeth Warren for president. Senator Elizabeth Warren will be at a town hall tomorrow. Actually, I'm going to pull that up. While I am, uh, while I am kind of wrapping up these last like ten minutes of the show, um, yeah, because I want to make sure I can kind of just uh, give people more details about the rally tomorrow. But um, yeah, and I believe it's on college, the College of Charleston campus. Again, these political views are my own. Um, I typically try to keep my personal, well, no, I don't. <laughs> this show is always about my personal political point of view. Um, so I don't ever keep that from the mic, but I want to be very conscientious of other interests of other of other listeners. I don't expect everyone to be, um, to, to fall in line with what I believe um, or in the candidates that I support. Uh, so I acknowledge that. And again, these are my own views. These do not reflect my employer, my personal employer, nor does it reflect uh anything dealing with uh, 96.3 fm on radio so yeah tomorrow december uh this is th this is recorded on december 7th uh so tomorrow december 8th uh, elizabeth warren will be holding a uh town hall it will be uh at, on the college of charleston campus the, the physical address is 30 george street um what building is that i'm trying to think what building it is on the uh actual i'm sure if i click this link right here Let's see what building this is. But yeah, um, yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, at the Physical Education Center. Uh, so the F. Mitchell, F. Mitchell Johnson Physical Education Center uh, of the, on the CFC campus. Uh, Elizabeth Warren will be there. I'll be in attendance. Uh, and if anyone just wants to know more, know more about the candidate or have a discussion, I'm here for it. Um, if you want to debate me on things, I'm not here for it. Um, I just don't believe in defending uh, my my choices, but we can talk and have discourse about the current political field all day. I love that. I love thoughtful discourse. 
Um, so I'm I'm here for that completely. But yeah, I, I hope people come to learn more about the candidate. But more importantly, I hope people just come and become, not even come to the, the town hall, attend any town hall, whether it be for, for Mayor Pete, for Cory Booker, um, you know, for Julian Castro, any anyone that you feel um, is speaking to you, go out and support the candidate that that you um, you know you are leaning toward. I, I encourage everyone to um, become way more informed, read more in, in your in your local newspaper, follow these candidates, and when you in, engage with them, yeah, grab the selfie, share that. That's great, but also remember they're applying for a job that you're hiring them for. So don't let the dynamic of celebrity skew that. Um, you know, don't, excuse me, don't let, you know, the element of celebrity skew the dynamic that is they're vying for your vote. Make them earn your vote by holding them accountable. And that's one thing you heard Angela uh, stress time and again during our interview was uh, they're not it's not so much about, um, oh, we found this perfect candidate in Elizabeth Warren. And so we feel comfortable supporting her or endorsing her. No, it's more, hey. This, this candidate has not only spoken directly to us about our issues, but the candidate has even gone as far as to solicit feedback and to, and to be asked, and has asked to be held accountable um, for her actions. So um, the accountability piece, I, I'm going to say this straight up. I've interacted with Elizabeth Warren um, behind closed doors uh, several times, and each time I've never had a candidate, especially not a presidential candidate, uh, engage me the way she has. Um the seriousness, the commitment of my name to memory, um, just just really, really a thoughtful person. And the way I've seen her engage with my friends and sisters and a fellow femmes in the struggle has been amazing. And that's and I don't I don't throw around uh, those type of platitudes um, lightly. So I encourage people to learn more about all candidates, but especially if you want to ask my opinion. And a lot of you have been asking oh, who are you. Who are you leaning toward? It's Elizabeth Warren, um, and I formally came out and endorsed with the group Black Women For. Uh, I really do hope you enjoyed this discussion. Uh, I've spoken, uh, my previous shows have been a lot about um, books and literature and history, and I think I'm going to just do another arc, do an arc of, <laughs> do an arc of, um, there's some kids waving to me in the window, do an arc of um, uh, episodes in and around this political discourse piece. Uh, I reached out to Jacova Williams uh, via email just out of the blue yesterday as I was wrapping up my work day. And um, I was, she hit me back while I was really enthused. For those who don't know, Jacoba Williams uh, authored some amazing research on the correlation between lynchings that took place, historical lynchings that took place in the state of South Carolina and current day voter suppression or where voter, voter um, uh, turnout is you know, significantly, I guess, uh, lower. Uh, it directly correlates with those historical lynchings. And so that element of uh, historical voter suppression analysis, I find completely captivating. So my, my goal and my hope is to have that maybe for the next show. I'm not quite sure. It's the holidays. Um, but if I can do an interview with her, uh, it probably be, will be a, a pre-recorded interview because she's in D.C. now. I thought she was still here, but she's taken a job and, and gone on to, to new opportunities. So I'm not announcing her as my next guest, but I'm hoping y'all send me some good juju. Y'all talk to the ancestors and, and, and make that happen. But I would love to speak with Jacova next to continue this discourse around um, black women and how they've been instrumental in um, in today's uh, current climate, political climate, how they've been instrumental in terms of either facilitating conversations or providing 
uh, a perspective like Jacoba's research, providing perspective that helps us understand better uh, things like voter suppression and why certain uh, aspects of certain community members or certain aspects of certain communities don't come out and vote. It's not cut and dry. As I've said often, either on this mic or in person, this isn't about um Black apathy, wherever you see low uh, voter turnout in black communities, best believe it, especially in the South, especially in these these states that have um, that have taken full advantage of the gutted uh, Voting Rights Act, um, you know, and have introduced so many laws like voter ID laws. Um, you best believe that low voter um, turnout is directly correlated to um, voter suppression tactics, gerrymandering. Um, misinformation, disinformation, you name it. So it's important that we have these conversations at the local level. Like we keep these, if we keep these conversations hyper local and um, we, we seek out the voices of the grannies, of the uncles, of the cousins, um, you know, those on our, uh, those within our immediate gravity. Maybe starting from our family and then working our way out to our blocks and so on and so forth. I believe if we have those conversations um, and, and inform each other and make sure that we're, we're, talking about real issues, making sure that we're um, sharing real news, um, real investigative reporting, um, you know, identifying our favorite local journalists, favorite meaning that they're the most credible and um, those who are um, most likely to tell us the truth about what's going on. Um, Shout out Caitlin Bird uh, with the Post and Courier. Um, Yeah, so I I, I think that's what we need to do to help... um, to just get us through this, I, I tend to stay off Facebook specifically, but all social media can be problematic, especially Twitter. So what I suggest for folks to do is just to to maintain a healthy balance in terms of how you how you uh, find and consume information. Uh, make sure you're going and find, locating really good um, reporting, even if the reporting is not um necessarily in completely in line with your views if it's challenging but credible you know by all means pick up that wall street journal um you know find those voices that can add uh some valuable perspective to um to the discourse um so uh, yeah i encourage people to do that uh thank y'all for listening to me today on mic'd up here at 96.3 fm on radio and the own radio studios here on and workshop uh, located at 1503 king street I'm your host, Mika Gaz, and, and this was Mic'd Up. Until next time, all my people, my Gullah Geechee descendants, my Gullah Geechee folks, stay black. Everybody else, you know, help us, uh, you know, help us uh, fight this cause. Come on and be co-conspirators. Come on and be accomplices in this fight for equality, for justice, and, and equity. All right? Take care, everybody.